Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. Uh, we, we had a week off last week because of the uh, snowmageddon, um, but things are warming up, and so we're back again. Uh, great to be with you here in the f- after the first. <laughs> it's the first Tuesday after the f- first Sunday of <laughs> of Lent. So, uh, <laughs> does that mean? <laughs> Perfect. I don't know. <laughs> it's We're the first in the Tuesday of... <laughs> after Fat Tuesday. It's, yes, it's the one-week anniversary of Fat Tuesday. Okay. Um, so we're going to eat uh, Paxi's again. Um, what? I don't know. So anyway, uh, Paul, <laughs> what in the world are we doing? What, what's the series that so we're So we in? started a series called Fuse Breaker. Um, really had a number of titles as we worked through what this series would look like. Uh, at one point it was called Letting Go or The Invitation. And, and the ideal of the series is that God, in, in the Lenten season, God is inviting us to let go of things, to unplug things. to uh, And it's not that God wants us to, to eliminate things just to eliminate things, but in this elimination, it leaves space for a relationship uh, with God and with others. And so that, that is the, the, the concept of the series. And, and the series is utilizing every week, we're going to be um, utilizing the Lord's Prayer out of Matthew 6. As the uh, as the scripture basis, because we believe as 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 we've worked through this series, and I work with Brian Nurick and David Smith, as we work through that passage, uh, we believe there's just a lot of invitations in that passage. A prayer is an invitation, and the Lord's prayer is an invitation, and so we're going to be just looking at some things that we can let go of, some things that we can unplug, uh, that we find in the Lord's prayer, uh, that we can un- uh, let go of during this Lenten season, so that we can grab hold of. Uh, a fuller relationship with God. Good. Sorry, I was on the wrong screen. Mara, uh, <laughs> why don't you, uh, if you would read read this uh, section of scripture for this, we kind of get us started on this Lord's Prayer. Okay, so our text that we're going to kind of keep coming back to is from Matthew 6, and I'm going to read verses 9 through 13. It says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And again, I'm reading out the NIV, so the part that's missing there at the end is the part we typically include, the yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. I'm just, did both, maybe, did the old NIV have that in it that section in it do you know or i i don't remember i, I, I think mean. it i think it was one of those almost like set off to the sides because okay. i was noticing my kids have a newer copyright on the niv than like my yeah. niv right. study bible and so there's times even where i'm like looking yeah. and but i feel like there was kind of it was like set yeah. off yeah there's the niv i think 2011 that's mm-hmm. the newer yeah so right. i was just wondering if that yeah. if it was in that one or or not in that one yeah good um so we're again kind of talking Lord's Prayer with this idea of um, letting go, giving up in order to take what God has, like giving up of something to take what God has, the better. And, and kind of, um, we're, we're intentionally obviously doing this during the series of Lent. Uh, last Wednesday was, was Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. Um, that's what I was trying to get at when I was saying the first anniversary, first week anniversary of Fat Tuesday, which is followed by Ash Wednesday. Um, let's just talk just a little bit about Lent. Um, maybe what you're, are, are you giving up anything? But maybe even more like what's been your experience with Lent? Is it something that you regularly have practiced? Is it something that's new? 
yeah, let's go, let's go there. Well, as a kid, I actually grew up um, in a Catholic church, and so I feel like Lent was a huge season. I mean, I remember there was like the soup suppers, the fish Fridays, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. So I remember it being this this huge part of the church. And truthfully, I think I always associated Lent more with the Catholic church because then um, later on in my childhood when we no longer were at a Catholic church, Lent kind of disappeared and was kind of off of, of the radar for us and so it's been interesting being part of a nazarene church and kind of coming back to some of those more traditional liturgical like the calendar that like i was like oh lent wasn't just a catholic thing it really is built into um, the calendar of the church so um as a kid my parents would always we do things like giving up sugar for lent or giving up this and um, as an adult i don't feel like i necessarily do Lent that same way in that type of like, this is what I'm just going to deprive myself of for 40 days and then I'm going to go right back to it. But I like to see it more as an opportunity to kind of do some evaluation, some self-reflection and like, where am I out of balance here? What new habits would I like to form over 40 days versus just sometimes I see fasting or deprived, like going, well, I'm just going to go right back to drinking my Dr. Pepper. So I'm going to give it up for 40 days, but what will I learn in that time period? So that's kind of been my sure. my practice of Lent. Yeah. And it's funny, it depends on what Nazarene church you were at. <laughs> that's whether, what I did, yeah. whether, uh, no lectionaries and, and church, uh, calendars, <laughs> church calendars matter. Yeah. Um, and, and even even there, there's been seasons in my life where it's not been as important. It seems more important to me now yeah. than it probably did 15 years ago, yeah. uh, you know, 10 years ago. And, you know, this, this, and I have, I fasted things. There's things I've given up for Lent in the past. Mm-hmm. This one, I'm, I'm being, I am being a little bit different I'm, I'm looking at those areas of my life that may like you said out of balance what what should what's keeping me from um grabbing hold to a relationship in full relationship with god relationship with my family relationship with my community you know are there things that i'm holding on to that um, i need to let go of and so it's a little bit of a, a different one because mm-hmm. i'm kind of walking through this series even as, as we speak and as we're working through this series, I've, you know, this week we're going to talk about letting go of complexity and grabbing hold of simplicity. You know, are there are there things in my life that are more difficult, more complicated than they need to be? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I uh, I did not grow up in a Catholic church. Uh, I grew up in a Nazarene church where uh, maybe I, maybe I'm misremembering, but I don't remember any sort of Lent kind of thing at Tri County. Um, um, you, am I? We we would do the. Not the Lent, but we did to a certain degree because we'd do the, the Living Last Supper. And yeah, yeah, we'd do for those sure. kind of things. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so more like Holy Week things, yeah. but not mm-hmm. the extent. Yeah, so, um, but but for me, I grew like the school that I went to was, I mean, Ross was heavily Catholic. Um, I would I would probably guess maybe 75%. And so Lent for me <laughs> growing up was Fish Fridays uh, at mm-hmm. school. We had fish sandwiches and macaroni and cheese every Friday, which I didn't complain because that was good. Yeah. And even to this day, Chelsea and I love to go to Fish Fries um, uh, during Lent. But now, See, um, I was at the University of Dayton. Oh, I, yeah. I'd never encountered it, and I, I've shared it with you guys. Yeah. But one of the guys in law school with me had the ash <laughs> on his forehead, and I said, hey, you've got – something on your yeah. forehead and he said it's ash wednesday you and said non-christian words but that was my first experience with that's ash great. wednesday and I, I was just a dumb evangelical yeah. kid yeah yeah for me so yeah so for me and uh just my interaction in high school it was like 
you would, I would always, during Lent, I would hear my friends talk about, well, you know, can't eat, I'm not going to eat, I can't eat meat tonight. And I'm like, I didn't even know that you were, you know, a Catholic or <laughs> I didn't know that you, and so it was, I always remember it being like, okay, that was the, that was the point where, um, where it was being taken seriously. But then, uh, and, and then, I don't know, I guess through, through college kind of became more aware of the, the church calendar and that. And, and I have, um, you know, I've, I've fasted from things. I, I, I did, I completely gave up meat one Lent just for kicks. Just, I think there've been times where I've done those things just to see if I could. <laughs> and I don't know that that's necessarily, uh, the purpose of, of Lent and fasting. And so, um, this year I've kind of tried to not necessarily like, completely cut out things but but again evaluating like okay where am i spending my time and and how can i spend less time there Mm -hmm. with the idea of then picking up i I typically try to like add a um a devotion a lent devotional book um that kind of thing this year I, i started um ending my evenings by listening to the examine um and just kind of that that daily practice of reflecting on where you've seen God at work, uh, in your day. And, uh, and I've, I found that to be helpful, um, as opposed to just scrolling TikTok or whatever, mm-hmm. at, you know, trying to fall asleep because I take a long time to fall asleep. And so, uh, mm-hmm. um, just that, but yeah, just that adding that so that I can reflect on my day, where did I notice God that maybe I didn't notice right in the midst of it? Um, how did I respond to that? And then with that comes the, how did I respond in a wrong way? <laughs> and do I need to uh, do I need to make amends uh, for that? And so that's kind of what I've done this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's really, I was just going to say, really interesting there um, is that we've talked a lot about how God does not require religious performance yeah. from us. And I think sometimes, especially when we talk about Lent, there is that temptation for it to become very performative mm-hmm. and not transformative. And yeah. I think that... Um, so we talk about, oh, I didn't even know you were this until you wouldn't stop talking about what you gave up for Lent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those kind of things where it's like, I don't know, like when I was reading just before the Lord's Prayer, he talks about like when you're praying, he's like, go into your room, close the door, mm-hmm. pray to your father who's unseen. And your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. And don't keep babbling like the pagans and like those kind of things. So sometimes I'm like, when we take it and we, we make it into something that it serves us yeah. more than it grows our faith, mm-hmm. I think that we need to be kind of critical maybe of some of our Lent practices because it does have a purpose, but it's not just to have 40 days where you are faithfully following Jesus. It's to transform you to a life that faithfully follows him. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and and even if you, you, we've made reference to Fat Tuesday. So Fat Tuesday, you do everything you want because then after that, you're going to be restricting yourself (laughs) is is not the point of it. Right. Well, then we count down to Easter because the day after Easter, then I can go back to all the stuff I gave up. if we do it, like if we we actually do it right, Sundays are a day off from this, right? Because Sundays aren't in the, they're not part of the 40 days. And so it's like, I'm going to spend... 12 hours on Sunday catching up on my Facebook feed because I missed it. If you found something in your life that you decided you need to give up for Lent, well, maybe you actually need to give that up for good. Like maybe there are things Mm -hmm. that don't pick those back up. We're talking about letting go. What do we need to trade out? Like maybe something that you've decided, hey, I need to take a break from this. You'll realize like my life is actually better off without that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's wrong to to fast for a season on things. For sure, for sure. Yeah, but there's... The, the more healthy discipline is to find those things that you can eliminate that really don't add value to yeah, your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, I think one of the keys to making sure we are doing this for that transformational 
uh, experience is what we're talking about and what this entire series is, and that's letting go so that you can pick up yeah. what is better. Um, I, I think it was a couple years ago um, for an Ash Wednesday service, my, my little uh, homily was the idea of fast from feast on mm-hmm. and that like i didn't make that's that good. up so don't yeah. no, it, it is good, good but it wasn't me <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> there's a uh, there's a song like that from uh, page cxvi i think um okay. but anyway uh, and i i just i love that idea that uh, that idea that we're fasting from something so that we can feast on something better mm-hmm. um, and i think that that's the key to um making this this fasting making this idea of giving up something making sure that it's not something that's just done in vain or just something to say that, oh, yeah, we did that. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I did it, and it, it's good. But I did that so that I could feast on something better. Right. Um, yeah, I keep going back to on Sunday. You talked about Jesus and, like, the, the part where he talks about, like, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like, it's interesting. They're like, a yoke still implies work. Like, mm-hmm, you would wear a mm-hmm. yoke to do work. And so even though it's the yoke that fits and it's the comfortable and it's the right work and it's the right thing, there still is that expectation of there being work to do. Yeah. And um, Some so, scholars take that. A yoke could be um, a, a teaching instruction. I think mm-hmm. Jesus is talking about a yoke, and I think the legend that I refer to is... is accurate i think jesus made yokes and i think that's why but some scholars will take that as that is also a reference to a a rabbi to a student Mm -hmm. to take my yoke upon me you is is to take my teaching upon you yeah 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 it's interesting it is Uh, the uh, just remind me the the message version of that of that passage is uh is implying that like this is like it's pushing back against a type of religion that weighs you down mm-hmm. and makes it impossible to to do, and, and so it's that pushing back of, well, again, so so the religion of you know Lent being or the the practice of Lent being like kind of a, a segment of religion that that can be like weighing you down, like what you ate a cheeseburger on Friday, like right. you know what I mean, like it's this you and, said and, you and were so, giving up, yeah, and so um and and, and kind of. Uh, the, I love the the message paraphrase there because it's kind of insinuating like if your if your way of doing this your relationship with God is like this overbearing heavy yoke that you just can't you can't you can't accomplish anything then then maybe we're missing the point. Um, and if you can't imagine doing it for more than forty days, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, sure. I think that's helpful when we're, when we're going through. And I'm not just checking my. My, my Facebook, whatever. Yeah, you know, I've got, I've got, we've got notes here. Of course, we're looking at, but I'm looking at my series description, and and so some of these things that we're letting go of is needless complexity and picking up simplicity, letting go of fractured relationships and picking up relational wholeness, letting go of self-reliance and picking up God reliance, letting go of orthodoxy only and picking up practical orthopraxy. Uh, letting go of self-determination and picking up God's direction. I mean, I think all those things lead to to not, uh, you know, there there's a load just getting talking about fraction uh, fractured relationships. There's a heavier load in carrying fractured relationships as opposed to living with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's a heavier load, and you know, sometimes we 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 
we mistake things and think, oh, well, it's better to just be like this when God's offering us something better. I mean, your, your, your guidelines and all these things we've been talking about yeah. with the kids and the teens, God's offering something better. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I like that. I got to get back to my notes here. I was reading that passage. Where are we at? Um, so Sunday we talked about uh, unplugging things that might be overloading our circuits. Um, that's kind of the idea of the, the fuse breaker. Um, what happens when we take on more than we can handle? Like, why is this? Why is this important? I tend to be shorter with my family. I, I mean, that, that's the, the, the first thing. And I, I tend to be less effective with what I'm even trying to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are two really easy things. And, and usually if I, if I feel too busy, you know, the, the first relationship that suffers is my relationship with God. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can just think of a book titled Too Busy Not to Pray. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but we don't think like that. We're too busy yeah. to pray, right. too busy to be in the Word, yeah. too busy to work on that relationship with God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think second well, is our family that that yeah. suffers when we're yeah when we're stretched thin there but i i, I think that's and i think it was i think it's good to great the idea of like you're so you're you're focused on or you're trying to focus on so many things that you're just kind of you're doing things you're getting things mm -hmm. done but it's not it's not done well as opposed to focusing on what are we doing well and i think that that's kind of what the call to christ is right is that we that, that simplicity where we, man, we can just be focused on so many things and, and trying to do. And the truth is, is a lot of times the things that uh, are overloading our circuits are good things, oh, yeah. right? Like they're good things that, you know, if, if someone looked at your schedule, they'd be like, wow, you're just doing some really great things, you know, um, but it's sacrificing the best thing. Right. Or and you're just not doing any of the things maybe well or as well as you could have done them had you been more yeah. reasonable in yeah. what you committed to. Hmm. Well, even, you know, I can look back and, and I don't, I don't know uh, what I feel about it uh, now. I mean, well, I have particular feelings, but I won't get into that. But when I went into the ministry, uh, you know, I was practicing law. Uh, Mondays and Thursday nights, I was in class. Uh, Wednesday night, I was doing stuff. Maybe not real effective. Sunday night I was doing things. I was so busy doing things, you know. I, I you know, that my family survived for yeah. that three or four year period. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the ministry was worthy. But does God call us to give up other relationships? And all? Uh, you know, it, I, I really struggle with that when I look back at that now. Yeah. Uh, you know, was I? And, and, and that's what I had to do. Mm -hmm. that, you know, they didn't, I didn't have another choice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but was it the right choice? And, mm -hmm. and I think, let, let's get back to the church. Um, the church is not here to overload you and over-obligate you. The church is here to help you uh, yeah. live this life of fullness. And, and so we, we, we try to be intentional and, mm -hmm. and not doing um, some things that maybe we've done yeah. in the past. Uh, mm -hmm. But you've got to be careful because religion can overload you yeah. very quickly. You could be one obligation after another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how, <laughs> I guess let's maybe think practically. How do we make sure that that doesn't happen? How do we, how do we set up boundaries? How do we, 
I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had a really good, profound <laughs> thought here. Um, but you guys have any, any thoughts there? I read a book a few years ago. It was called, like, The Best Yes. And it kind of was that same idea from, like, Good to Great, where it's, like, saying yes to everything means that you're really only giving it part of what you could. And that there's yeah. times where it's, like, before you commit to something, take a minute to weigh it against some other um, measures. Like, are you the best person to say yes to that? Are there other people who could do this just as well, if not maybe even better? And like kind of starting to realize, okay, so there are gonna be things in my life that this is the best thing for me to say yes to. And there are gonna be things that as hard as it is for me to say no, because I am a yes person. Yeah. There are things that I need to recognize as this would not be a good thing for me to say yes to because it's going to take time from my family or it's going to take time from other commitments that I've already made and so yeah I do feel like you kind of have to have those boundaries and those ways to weigh things out going is this something that only I can do and so this is this is the thing for me or is this just something that I'm feeling obligated to say yes to because someone asked the question that's right and I mean we're limited beings mm -hmm. and so every yes uh, the opposite of that is there's a no somewhere else that's right yeah and yeah, uh, for sure so you can't yeah if you say yes to everything that you, you can't say yes to everything yeah mm -hmm. um, and not do things well hmm. I mean and that's the ideal of the margins that, mm -hmm. that relationship occurs in the margins of life and, and that's that's uh, from um, uh, the book called margin I think his name's Richard Severson. Uh, that's a secular writer. I mean, th this yeah. isn't, you know, we're, we're not only a Christian. <laughs> yeah. This is, sure. the, the world sure. recognizes yeah. that, you know, we, we need to have margins in our life that, you know, a book, if, if every page was written to the edge, it'd be unreadable. Mm. But there's margins in books, there's margins in our mm. life, and our relationships occurs in those margins. Mm -hmm. and, and when we fill our life to, to, to the edge, relationship suffers mm -hmm. uh, every time uh, and you know we, we live in a day where it's easy to fill mm -hmm. up margins pretty quick yeah I, I'm, I'm just thinking of man that like for me I have like for Chelsea and I we've I think we've been fairly intentional about uh, about those margins and not filling up things um, when it comes to, to sports with the kids and just in activities like that like we've just we've said you know, we'll, we'll do some but we're just not going to do that because I don't want that <laughs> but I've also seen like what I see what that what the opposite <laughs> I think in my my vantage point as a youth pastor um, I see uh, I see it from an outsider's perspective and what that does. And I'm just like, I just don't want that. Mm -hmm. um, I do I do wonder sometimes if we can go the opposite extreme. And I'm maybe thinking <laughs> maybe more of myself. Like if I'm, if I'm so focused on wanting to protect margins that I'm afraid to say yes to. So does that make sense? <laughs> so the things you protected the margins for, maybe you are afraid to actually like... Use because them. I want to keep my because yeah. I want to like kind of have such protect strict <laughs> those boundaries. Margins. Yeah. And, um. but, and what are you protecting? Yeah. And are you using that as an excuse? I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. funny. I'll, I'll, I think we've had this conversation. We'll talk about how busy we are, but then at the same time, we'll talk about what we're we're binging on Netflix. Yeah, sure. no doubt. And so we have we probably have more time. I mean, yeah. it, than than we would admit. I am. You know, I, I think we waste way too much time with social media uh, <laughs> with 
media in general. I, yeah. I think that is a huge waste. And I think most people, if, if they were to look at their life, they would find that they spend far too much time on that kind of stuff yeah. that is warranted. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I mean, I think there's nothing more stressful to me, honestly, than when I feel like my days are too full because I'm one of those people I live for, oh man, just to be so honest, I live for like being needed. Like I want to be the kind of person that if somebody calls, I can be like, you know what? Yes, I'll be right over to get you. I'll be right over to help you. And there's times when I realize if I have planned out all day, every day, that some of those relationships and those things that I've built I will have to not be there for when people are needing me to show up for them. And so there's times where I'm like, I almost intentionally, I'm like, I can't overload my day just on the chance that somebody would need me. Um, and so I don't know, that's probably the opposite, the unhealthy uh -huh. side of uh -huh. like, <laughs> I need to be needed. So I'm yeah. going to leave lots of room in my schedule for if you need me. You sit by the phone. Right, yeah. Waiting to be. Yeah, so, so I'll keep that in mind next time I have a flat tire and need somebody to come change it. <laughs> hey, I'll that's, be right there. I've done that. That's I'm, interesting. That's. But so I'm like, so you're going like, oh, there's, I mean, there's, that's the shadow side to that where like, yeah, I, I, I like all that margin only because I'm really hoping that people will use it up. Huh. <laughs> and see, I guess I've been in, in the ministry long enough um, that I'm probably better at saying no. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Uh, there's things I don't do purposefully. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, they're, they're worthy things. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I just got contacted by somebody uh, because I, I've not been doing the mama meetings. Uh -huh. and, oh, we really miss you. Well, you know, yeah. it's a choice I've made in yeah. this season mm -hmm. because I'm doing some other things. And, yeah. and so, you know, I just can't do yeah. everything. For and sure. I'm not going to try to do everything. Sure. And, uh, and so, yeah, because there's nothing that I'm asked to do that's not worthy. At mm -hmm. least to the person that's asking right. me. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's that's, nothing that I'm right. asked that is not worthy. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things I could do um, that that are worthy, but are they something? Are they things that I need to be doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, it's it's a hard. It's it's yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, I think this this is just this is interesting. Given this particular season that we've had, you know, the past year that we've had, where things were forcibly cut out of um of our lives and now and, and you know we've started to work things back in i think it's a good it's a good season to figure out what are we adding back in because mm -hmm. um, i think you know obviously the, the pandemic has not been good um mm -hmm. but i think that there it has been an opportunity to to forcibly cut things out and, yeah. and that's not a bad thing yeah. um and, uh, and and it allows us to evaluate. Okay, what? And, and this is, the, I think, the danger of saying we you know we got to get back to normal. Well, like I don't know that normal was necessarily healthy um, right. in, in all areas. Obviously, that, that's a very generic or general statement. Yeah. But you know, what do we have to go back to the way that we were doing everything, filling up every minute of our schedule? Um, Right. And if you started just recommitting to all of those things just as soon as they were open and available, like, yeah, you're going to quickly be back to that point where you're overcommitted. Uh -huh. um, and so, yeah, maybe there is that time to reflect and say, okay, well, what was good about having less to do? What was yeah. good about less of the busyness and the day-to-day -day rush? And this applies to more than our time. I mean, mm -hmm. so, so this commitment applies to our finances. 
it applies to our emotional um, mm-hmm. ability yeah, to give emotionally. Um, all, all these things. I mean, mm-hmm. we are limited beings, and when, when when we spend all our money, when we spend all our time, when we spend all of our emotional um, store, it it does not meet leave us available for for what God wants to do, what our what our family needs from us, what our friends need from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I said Sunday, and I and I'm not sure if I said in both sermons or not. If if you're too busy to love your neighbor as yourself, you're too busy. Yeah. And, and, and typically uh, that's what happens. We, we, we don't, you know, we, are, we see our neighbors out on the street. I mean, just, that's just an easy example. And, you know, there's so many things that we need to do that yeah. we're instantly in, instantly out. Yeah. We don't have time to stop and say, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. And, and this is probably the season we really need to be asking, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, and, yeah. I remember, man, I remember what, sermon series it was but a few years ago maybe it was well i don't know did we do the art of neighboring was that a mm-hmm. yeah we did love you see yeah yeah this is a love you see thing just that just the idea of uh going out to your front yard instead of your backyard it was something that was just in one of the passing mm-hmm. things um but i mean our tendency is to go to the backyard we've got our privacy fence mm-hmm. and you know the kids are contained i don't have to worry about them right. you know riding their bike in the middle of the road um but I took that. I'm, I'm like, that's that's good. Just just being visible out in the front yard. Um, I, I don't know why I even said that. Or you, you, <laughs> you were talking about. You'd be yeah. surprised um, the conversations that come. And I've been since we did love you. See, I've been pretty intentional uh, uh, with with my neighbors more so than I ever have been. Not not that I'm perfect or you know it's, uh, but just a simple hey, how are you doing? Yeah. You'll be surprised. Yeah what you'll get sometimes yes yeah. for sure yeah yeah um I, I was just i had this kind of connecting back to the last uh sermon series this idea of better together um given this idea of like all of these things that that approaches all of these causes all of these things to care about are worthy and and i think that that's the beauty of the body of christ right mm-hmm. is that when we come together and we each have our own passions and desires and things that we, you know, are called to do to give, when we all do those, then like things are taken care of, right? Like, um, but as as opposed to you know, a couple people trying to cover everything, it's just not possible. When you're talking about um, this, isn't just our time; it's our like our emotional capacity. Um, the truth is, is like I I don't have the emotional capacity to give myself fully to every cause that I come across, you know? Um, but when we do that as the body of Christ, then, then things happen. Right. And I feel like we have this idea of exclusivity where it's like, well, if you don't care, mm-hmm. if you don't involve yourself in all these, then, then somehow that means you actually don't care about yeah. them. And yeah. I think that, yeah, we need to be a lot more open to the idea of like, this is where God has called me to invest my life and my time and my energy. And here's you and here's you. And like that it all comes together to create a much larger picture than if I try personally to be involved in every mm-hmm. single thing. It's mm-hmm. good. So what do you think? How do you, how do you create kids with margins? It's okay for your kids to be bored. I mean, is that okay to say? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that, like, if your kids never tell you that they're bored, um, they probably don't have any margins in their life. Like, let's just be totally honest. A kid saying that they're bored really just means that no one is entertaining them. 
currently. Um, and so sometimes that can also mean that they don't know how to entertain themselves, which that's a whole other developmental thing and a, and a practice and something that they can learn. But anytime my kids tell me that they're bored, I'm like, okay, that means that their brain has kind of got this blank slate, this open, it's not actively fixated on any one thing. And it's almost like we don't know what to do with that. And it, it sometimes can almost cause that like, well, I'm, I'm bored, do something, <laughs> make me laugh, entertain me, do like, I need to be doing something else. And so I think kind of helping our kids learn how to really press into what does it mean that you're bored? Does it, is there something else that you can be doing? Is there a way that you could be creating in this moment? Can you be thinking about a friend? You could spend this time to write a letter, like giving them some things, but not eliminating their boredom, yeah. but maybe coaching them in how yeah. to use this mm -hmm. space to be more relational, to connect more, to be more reflective. Hey, have you done some Bible reading today? Have you, would you like to read this with me? I think that when we don't have kids who know what to do when they're bored, we have kids that will be grow into adults who are overcommitted and anxious and just running ragged mm -hmm. every minute of the day. And, and even, even to the extent that it's okay to not be doing something all the time. Yeah. Um, right. You know, so typically, you know, for the last few months, I've not done this as much, but typically if you sit down in the chair, there's nothing else to do. You sit down, you pick up the TV remote, yeah. turn it on, right? Mm -hmm. I've stopped doing that. Yeah. Cause I, there's nothing on anyhow. There yeah. really is not. Right. I, nothing interests me anymore. So sometimes I just sit in my chair. Yeah. I, I'm just getting old, I guess. Because <laughs> usually I'm pretty, asleep here at some point, too. But sometimes I just sit. You know, what's the old, you know, sometimes I sits and thinks, and sometimes yeah. I just sits. Yeah. Yeah. It's sometimes it's not bad just yeah. to sit. Yeah. And, and, and not be, okay, I, okay, I got to fill this time with something. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, sometimes it's okay just to be. Which all push back on the lie that you have to be productive all the that's time. Right, and that you can right, just keep producing right. your on. way to success. Yeah, right. That's right. Um, I think we I think we we can we we fill our kids, our students, our teens, we fill their lives out of good intention. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Um, this is a great opportunity for them. This will <laughs> this will help them in their development. This will help them get a scholarship to college this will help them set up their um you know set up their their future um and it's out of that like wanting to make sure that my kid has every single opportunity and so we fill up that that time um i think also if i can be <laughs> blunt how do we how do we help our students to create margins and and stop over committing I think we have to stop living vicariously through our yeah. kids and our teens. Um, it, <laughs> it would be very easy for me to say, I stopped playing baseball in high school and I regret it. So I'm going to make stinking sure that my boys are playing baseball and they're going to, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I regret quitting. Um, and that's just not healthy. Yeah. Um, so I, I think what what you guys are saying is is absolutely right. We like we have to be okay with not filling up every minute um, of every day with something. When when you when your everything you do is okay, this will be better for the future. This will be better. What you're saying is tomorrow yeah. has more value than that's right. today, that's exactly and right. that is not correct. That's right. All you have. Yep. 
is today. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I, I believe in planning and mm -hmm. preparing, but the most important moment you have is this moment right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about, I mean, sports. I mean, I feel like the danger in that is that your kid learns that the thing you enjoy the most is watching them perform for you <laughs> versus having a relationship with them. And so, like, you and all of these good opportunities and things for them, like, they are just... It, there's there's a separation there because mm -hmm. you actually aren't on the field with them when they're playing these sports. You aren't connecting with them. Yeah. And so, like, the, but that your pride is in watching them do this tells them that it's not enough to just be with them. They have to. They have to do something to earn that to that pride, that affection. Yeah, because we want them to be like Tiger Woods and their daddy. Sorry, I said, <laughs> <laughs> go into a water boy there. Not, is that water? Yeah, it's water. Yeah, yeah. No be like Tiger Woods and your daddy. <laughs> but it, man, it's just it is like it, because it comes from a place of I want my kid to be successful, right? Yeah. I want yeah. I want my kid to. <laughs> but the truth is. How do you measure success? Yeah, well, and like, I would also say the truth is, is we're not necessarily called to be successful. That's but I think yeah. that that's that's the, your point there is how do we how do we measure success? We're not called to be successful by the world's standards. That's not what we're called to be. Um, and, and like I, I say this, and I think you guys would agree. Like saying this is obviously a whole lot easier yeah. to say in a in a podcast yeah. than to figure out how to. How to live that out um, and you're not gonna do it perfectly no I mean, you're gonna no. mess every parent messes up yeah um, every parent has regrets mm -hmm. uh, but you, it, it's the same thing i mean you could be so focused on yesterday that you miss today yeah. I, I mean today matters yeah. I, I mean yeah. so we, we don't live we, you know we prepare for tomorrow we, we 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 acknowledge that yesterday existed but we live in this moment we you know it's the power of now mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know is is this is this making the most of the now yeah. and, and sometimes that is preparing i mean so your your son has your son or daughter has a test tomorrow Mm -hmm. Well, studying in this moment, they can't say, well, I just want to live in the moment right. when the test right. comes. I mean, I'll live the, in that moment. Yeah. yeah. But, but that doesn't mean that every moment of this, if this day is consumed with what will happen tomorrow mm -hmm. or what happened yesterday. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's good. Hmm. I don't know where we're at on Let's read time. the Lord's okay. Prayer because I, yeah. I, I think this, when, when I... When I see the Lord's Prayer, I, I see this. Yeah, mm -hmm. Je Jesus is not talking about tomorrow. Yeah, he's not talking. About, yeah, he's talking about now. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. living in the living in the now yeah. of God. Yeah, yeah. Mara, why don't you okay. read that again? So again, um, so this, this is Jesus teaching. He says, "This then is how you should pray: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread." And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Yeah. Now I wish I would have added a, a, a week letting go of uh, <laughs> tomorrow and, and yesterday and living in today because that's mm. definitely part of this. That's, yeah, that's mm -hmm. give us today our daily bread, right? Like give us right now, not yeah. give us a storehouse for what we, right. what we need in the future, but mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I love this, this idea of exchanging the kingdom of the world for the kingdom of God is just, man, it's good. So I'm excited to, uh, to go through this series and see what else God has in store. Yeah. Um, any, anything else from that, from that Lord's prayer that you want to touch on 
today. We've got, I don't know, how, how many series we, is this five, five weeks? Six, I think. Six, so, so five more weeks. Yeah. To, to bust through this and we're going to stick right here in the in the Lord's Prayer and I, and I would encourage I said it Sunday I would encourage you to, to spend some time uh, I mean this is a prayer that probably most of us have memorized mm -hmm. or could memorize very quickly um, you know may, maybe not word for word the King James or NIV or NASB whatever <laughs> but and, and on this one I understand that that yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory forever amen is probably an edit I love yeah. the edit Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the edit, yeah. and uh, and yeah, I would include that just yeah. as a response uh, mm -hmm. to the prayer, if nothing else. But spend some time through the mm -hmm. week yeah. and and say yeah. the prayer, yeah. uh, not not just because you're going through um, a ritualistic uh, response to prayer, but listen to the words that you're yeah. saying and what what Jesus yeah. is inviting us to. But that rich. But that ritualistic thing is okay too, right? Like, yeah. it is okay to yeah. You eat every that. day, so, right? Yeah, for sure, sure, for sure. So, so maybe in this time of Lent, when maybe you have given up something, is there space in there where you can just plug this in? You know, I would typically scroll the TikTok right now, and I'm gonna <laughs> instead I'm gonna, um, yeah. I'm still on hip. I don't even know. It. I don't have TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I, I this two weeks of. I, I plan meals two weeks at a time, and three of my meals for this week came from TikTok that I, that I found on TikTok. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be the new Pinterest. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's great. Pin interest? Pin interest. Pin interest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <pen> interest. <laughs> all, <laughs> all hearts clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, let me pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Uh, we do thank you for the season that we are in. We thank you for built-in rhythms in life um, that you built in for us, that the church over over hundreds of years has has put into place as, as ways that we can um, we can do ritual, but not for the sake of doing ritual. That we can do ritual for the sake of transformation. And so, God, I pray um, that you would guide us. You would give us discernment in figuring out what it is that we can eliminate from our lives, not just for the sake, again, of clearing our calendars and, and having nothing to do, but for the sake of uh, being transformed, of filling those spaces what, with what is most important. Um, God, give us wisdom in how to do that as, as pastors, as a church, as parents, as families, uh, as individuals. God, whatever stage we're in, would you show us what that looks like? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. See you next week. Bye.